Hey everybody, this is Gene Marks and welcome to this week's episode of the Paychecks Week in Review podcast, the Thrive podcast. This is the podcast where we take a few items of news during the week and talk about them because they impact your small business. So let's get to it. Remember I told you a little bit about the um, joint employer rule a couple of weeks ago? That is the rule that is a uh, was established by the uh, you know, it previously, but the National Labor Relations Act um, has issued a final rule around it. And what it is, is it's when two or more entities may be considered joint employers of a group of employees if each entity has an employment relationship with the employees and if the entities share or co-determine one or more of the employees' essential terms and conditions of employment, um, such as like wages and hours of work and scheduling. And it's really created quite the kerfuffle because, uh, you know, what these joint employer rules um, makes uh, franchisees, uh, some government contractors, some staffing agencies, even companies like mine that have um, uh, people that are not necessarily my employees, but um, they're employees of others. But I do have control over their scheduling, say, or how much they get paid in some cases. Um, you know, I could be considered to be a joint employer of those employees. And those, those employees, um, if they, if it's a large enough organization can unionize. So those companies are now subject to that, um, as well as, um, go after bigger benefits and more pay, uh, because there's a larger corporate parent involved in the case of franchises or whatever. So, uh, as you might not uh, be so surprised to hear, the National Labor Relations Board is su- is being sued by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other business groups this past week, um, seeking the rescission of the new joint employer rule that the agent is issued last that the agency uh, recently issued. This rule is destabilizing as it is unlawful, says the lawsuit, which was filed uh, in a U.S. district court. Um, this is, by the way, according to a story in businessinsurance.com. Um, the rule, which replaces uh, a 2020 rule that was approved during the Trump administration, um, is now has now been rescinded, of course. And uh, this new version of it is is causing you know quite a problem. So the lawsuit charges that the rule displaces widely accepted common law standards governing the scope of employment relationships, establish entirely new tests of employer liability, reconfigures relationships among legally separated entities, erases distinctions between contracts and employers, and threatens billions of dollars in liabilities and cost. So the U.S. Chamber and some other business groups are suing the National Labor Relations Board. For you, how does this impact you? Well, if you're a franchisor or if you're a, you know, a subcontractor of a government contractor or if your business either has control over somebody else's employees or somebody larger company has exerts control over you, um, that could affect how you pay those employees, how you hire and, and terminate employees and whether or not those employees can, can go for unionization. Um, but because of this lawsuit, um, things are probably going to be on hold for a while. So keep an eye out on this lawsuit. This joint employer issue is not going to go away. Next, there is an article about minimum wage. This is on NBCPhiladelphia.com, my hometown. Minimum wage hikes are coming across the United States in 2024. Get ready, guys. Uh, This is in states from California to Nebraska, Delaware, Maryland, and Hawaii. The most notable wage increase of all may be California's targeting fast food companies, which begins on April 1st, 2024, and will probably set a minimum wage of about $20 an hour. But minimum wages uh, are going to affect employers of all sizes. So right now, 30 states 
and Washington, D.C. have minimum wages above the federal wage of $7.25, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Some states have set the bar significantly higher than the federal rate, and in many cases, levels are slated to rise in 2024. Hawaii, for example, is going to raise their minimum wage to $14 an hour in January, up 16.7%. Uh, Last year in Hawaii, the state set a plan for its minimum wage through 2028 to go up to as high as $18 an hour. Nebraska's rate is going up in 2024 to $12, from $10.50. Maryland's rate is going up uh, to $15 an hour from $13.25 if you have more than 15 employees. And even Delaware, their minimum wage is rising to $13.25, up from the current level of $11.75. Remember, uh, the federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. So whether or not your state is going to be impacted by minimum wages, you need to be prepared for this. There is this long ongoing debate about whether or not minimum wages hurt or harm businesses and employees. On the one side, people say that they get paid more, uh, they turn around, they can sustain themselves better, they can spend more money, and it's overall good for the economy. Um, And supporters of the minimum wage hike also say, and there's studies to prove that even when raising the minimum wage, it has not uh, driven businesses out of business. They just turn around and pass the cost down to customers. A lot of businesses are against raising the minimum wage for obvious reasons. It increases your costs. And even though some can pass those costs down to customers, many businesses don't have that flexibility. And that's also an issue. Bottom line is, though, is that it's going up in many states this year. So you really want to keep an eye out to see if your state and your business is affected. Finally, there was a new survey that came out from a company called SetScale. It's a purchase order financing company. Um, And it released a survey about businesses taking advantage of government contracts, right? Like more than half, this is like 52% of the businesses surveyed, they revealed that they aren't aware of the specific contracts the U.S. federal government awards to small businesses each year. They're missing out on approximately $84 billion a year. Remember, more than half of U.S. small businesses are unaware of federal contracts. Now, Government contracts, according to their press release, are well-valued and often serve as a gateway to a steady source of income and small business growth. More than 70% of the businesses they surveyed said they're aware of lucrative and reliable government contracts, but more than half say they don't know what specific contracts are available to them. And over a quarter of U.S. small businesses, 29% of them are completely unaware that the federal government awards contracts to small businesses. Uh, Government contracts are fierce competition for U.S. small business owners for a reason, says Daniel Fine, who's the founder and CEO of SetScale. They're reliable, well-valued, and often lead to steady sources of income. However, due to a lack of knowledge in the specific government contract awarding process, business owners are unsure if they can fulfill the government's open purchase orders without pursuing a line of credit from a bank or financial institution. In fiscal year 2022, guys, the U.S. federal government awarded $162 billion in federal contracting opportunities to small businesses. Uh, Again, 52% of them said they were unaware of this. There's a lot of lost opportunities there. So here's what your takeaway is. Your business might be really eligible for a federal government contract or even a subcontract as well. Where do you go to find these government contracts? Here's my advice to you. Go to your small business administration office. Go to uh, sba.gov. Find who your local small business uh, administration, your SBA office is. They provide this kind of consulting. 
you can ask them. By the way, you can also go to small business development centers around the country. Also, They're also part of the SBA. But you can ask the Small Business Administration, this is the industry that I'm in. This is the size of my business. Maybe you're minority-owned or, or female-owned because there's special incentives for those businesses. You can take advantage and you might be eligible for federal contracts. Yes, you have to go through an application process, and I'm sure there's red tape and bureaucracy, but even the SBA can help you out with that. $84 billion being lost, not, not taken advantage of by small businesses because they're just not aware that these federal contracts are out there. And I think that's a really important thing. My name is Gene Marks, and you have been listening to this week's edition of the Paychecks Thrive Week in Review. If you've got any advice you'd like or tips or any help in running your business or you'd like to suggest a guest, please visit us at payx.me forward slash thrive topics. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again next week. Take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.